And welcome to G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gantz along with Mike Miller. And uh, this is episode number 464. 464 episodes. We are starting off the new year with a new series uh, entitled Spiritual Disciplines. And tonight we're going to be talking about Bible intake. Um, So Mike, before we get into that, man, uh, tell us how you're doing, and then uh, why don't you go ahead and set this up for us, the Spiritual Discipline series that we're getting into. Yeah, doing pretty good. Um, no one noticed last week that I got a p- new pair of headphones. Must have been on or two weeks ago, but it must have been on awe of my wonderful award-winning Christmas sweater. Um, but no, I'm doing pretty good. Um, spent some time with my wife's side of the family down in where it hardly ever snows if ever and and just enjoyed time there and part of it thinking through um things kind of new year 2020 has been hard um and i was kind of thinking there's like you know what it might be good just to stop rethink refresh and try to develop as everyone is starting to do here in their new year what does it mean to have spiritual disciplines what spiritual disciplines we can't cover them all or we won't cover them all um but just kind of a a short series on here are some spiritual disciplines we can work on to think of some um, like this week and next week, uh, Bible reading and prayer of we've heard a lot of maybe was that our two cents, then maybe, you know, and then the next, at least two more on at least fasting and silence and solitude. Um, and to think, what does those mean? How can those help me benefit? Because if most people were like me before I took a class on spiritual disciplines, by Dr. Donald Whitney using his books, Spiritual Discipline of Christian Life, which you should get if you haven't already and read it, is I didn't really understand what fasting was. And so I think it was just, you know what, let's just we're doing a spiritual discipline. We'll do a thing on fasting um, and how this all kind of works together um, for our spiritual growth. Um, one thing I like what Dr. Whitney says in this, it's for the purpose of godliness. Mm-hmm. We do these things to be transformed into the image and likeness of our Savior. They're not legalistic. They're graces that God has given to us to grow. And he, in times, expect us to do them. And I think so to start off a new year with that understanding. We're all starting new, or maybe some of us, most of us are starting new Bible reading plans and kind of how can I get the most out of what I'm doing? How can it be better than it was the year before? And how can I continue this growth towards holiness that the Lord has called us to? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Bible tells us here in, in uh, 1 Timothy <clears throat> 4, verses 7 and 8, and, and I like the way the NASB says it. Um, I'm reading here from a ESV, but it, it says having nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And the reason I say I like the NESB translation of this uh, is because it says where it says rather train yourself for godliness. It says discipline yourself for godliness meaning the same thing here but you're you're disciplining yourself um for godliness as as we all understand and we've taught many times we believe in the sovereignty of god that god is decreeing all things to come to pass uh but he also has those he's the first cause of all things but then there's second causes and yet we still have responsibility and we still have uh these choices that we make as christians where we are responsible to grow in our in the sanctification process, you know, while God is working in us and through us, we're still responsible to be training ourselves, to be disciplining ourselves, 
um, for godliness. And so hopefully these, these spiritual disciplines will help you as well as, as us here as we think through these things. Um, and just not because of a new year, you know, New Year's resolution things, but it, it's really important that we think through these things and consider these things, whether, whether it was the beginning of year or not, um, because this is important. And I've even been convicted as I've been reading this book and kind of thinking through these things as we get ready for this this series. I've been kind of convicted in this myself in there are often there are times where we're studying scripture to know what the Bible says so that we can have a good discussion with, you know, like the Hebrew Israelites or somebody debating over Calvinism. But are we really reading that scripture? Are we really meditating upon that scripture so that we can grow in our godliness. You know, those debates and things can be fine, but what is our, our primary motivation? To know God, to glorify God, so that we can glorify Him through uh, disciplining ourselves to, unto godliness? Those are important things, and I think those are things that we should and need to think through as we think through these spiritual disciplines. Yeah, I've been um, and kind of preparing some of this, and even for another episode um on silence solitude reading joseph hall's on the art of divine meditation um and the same thing i think just the struggle that you know whether we read just a chapter a day or we do the professor horner method which is 10 readings from different parts of the bible every day there's a there's a sense in which we read it and then we're like okay I'm done, mm-hmm. or and we always, I mean even in in my case this is not, I'm not speaking uh, as if I know other people this is my own experience too or has been. That we read but we don't stop, and think we want more out of our Bible reading, but they seem to be cold. And, and dull and hopefully in this episode as we work through this we can give you helps and tools and um, different ways to consider how to think about the scripture to meditate because when we look at someone who's the blessed man was well, the blessed man is the one who meditates on the law both day and night mm-hmm. and I mean, the Proverbs repeatedly talk about this idea of being to think upon the scripture. The kings are to think upon the law so that they rule justly. And even Joshua is given the command um, to do it. So the importance of thinking scripture and more deeply. And this is done in two ways. Um, and I think I'll go to the Baptist catechism here um, as kind of the statement with it, but that it's just not daily Bible reading, but also weekly assembling of the saints together for preaching and that it's used um, in that way. So question 94 in the Baptist catechism um goes how is the word made effective to salvation and it's the spirit of god maketh the reading but especially the preaching of the word as effective means of convincing and convicting sinners and building them up in holiness and comforting them through faith unto salvation then when we think about meditating it's not just my daily bible reading it's thinking about the sermon i listened to mm-hmm. on sunday that as a community, I can think on these things and encourage others and others can encourage me and I can challenge others and others can challenge me. And that there is this um, part in meditating and in taking God's word, both personally and corporately, that God uses to change us from one glory to another as we travel down this weary road we call life. Yeah. Yeah, in the book, he, he speaks about the external means of which we are 
growing in God, that God uses to grow us in godliness and then those internal means and the external means being other people, you know, um, the gathering around other people. Like you said, the uh, edifying one another, iron sharpening iron, uh, challenging one another, encouraging one another, praying for one another. Those are means by which God uses to grow us in our godliness. Another external means is trials, tribulations, things that we may go through. Our suffering is used as an external mean to grow us in godliness. And those things are external, but the one thing that Scripture does, that the, the reading of Scripture or the preaching of Scripture as we're listening to it proclaimed to us and, and expounded upon, is an internal, it's an internal means by which God is using to grow us in our godliness. That is why, as you said, Mike, it's so vitally important. Um, and we've always been here at G220 Radio. We've always been strongly and will continue to be strongly pro strong proponents of being in the local church. Now, even in my situation and, and, and at times we may be looking for a church that we can call home, we understand that. We understand those things, but it doesn't dismiss the importance of being gathered in the local church. You need that. Um, you, you need that, that fellowship. You need that preaching for your own soul, you know, for your growth. And so we, we strongly encourage you to be a part of that because these are internal means by which God is using to grow us in that godliness. And and so the, the reading of Scripture, and, and as you said, Mike, not just this, because we can get into, and we'll talk about some maybe of, of the different kind of plans that there may be. I mean, a lot of people are putting out reading plans right now. I just, I, I typed it in earlier before the show, and the first one that popped up was uh, Ligonier's 2021 um, reading yeah. plan. But but there's many of them, right? And and even today, like here I have my my smartphone, right? How many people have a smartphone? There are so many apps, that you can go on that have reading plans. Uh, and even more so, as we talk about scripture memorization, there's there's apps on here that can help you memorize scripture. There's, there's so much that we have access to that can really help us in our growing, right, of God's word. But not just, like you said, not just the reading of it, um, getting into a, a checklist and trying to do this as something that oh, I got to get through 10 chapters or I got to get through three chapters or I'm going to try to read this epistle uh, and then check it off. It's when we're reading it, as Thomas Watson said, when, when the word of God is being read, you're to read it with reverence. And, and I'm paraphrasing, you read it with reverence and, and it's as if everything you're reading, God is speaking to you, right? Mm -hmm. So when we read that scripture, how is the scripture speaking to me and, and changing me and molding me to more into the image of, of Christ, you know? Yeah, and I think that's the important. I think a lot of times, especially in the Reformed camp, um, there is this disconnect between the head and the heart, and there shouldn't be. But I've noticed it in myself, so I'm not speaking out of experience again, that I'm focused more on theological development or understanding the hermeneutic spi hermeneutical spiral and, and digging deeping and, you know, writing papers when I was in seminary where at times it wasn't addressing the heart. I think, um, you know, so reading plans are good. I'll encourage you to use a reading plan. Um, reading plans have pitfalls also um, because they can be legalistic and, and how we, how we go about it. They're legalistic. They're great yeah. tools God has given us. And to think that 400 years ago, people weren't, thinking of this their primary mean was the hearing of the word in the local church so we need to also understand we have great benefits of not only act access to god's word we have access to different interpretations or translations probably more proper of his word we are so you can read 
you could do a bit Bible plan where you read the same chapter in different versions. Yeah. And we should, so I think this even causes us more to think deeply about what we do, what is happening when we come to God's word, when you, we, sorry. No, I, I finish your thought. I was going to add on to what you just said there. Yeah, and to, to really think about what it is that is happening. Um, that's one thing Joseph Hall, as I've been reading this, his he's a Puritan, his book, is what am I really doing when I come before the Lord, not only in prayer before I start my reading, but while I am reading? Yeah. What I was going to say is what you were saying there is being able to read in the different translations and causing you to think more. I remember my wife grew up in a, a King James Bible church where she's had the King James her whole life. And then when we got married and uh, I, I, she began to read from the ESV, she remembers a lot of the scriptures in the King James. But as she was reading through the, the ESV, she had to stop because her mind wanted to go the way the King James read it and what she had remembered from it. And then she had to stop and really think about what she was reading. And so it can be like what you're saying there. It can be then very helpful for you to think through what you're reading, not just something that I've read this so many times. I know this, this chapter or this passage of scripture and I quickly read through it because I've, I've, I've known it so well for so many years. It, it can cause you then to, to think through what it is you're reading uh, and think deeper into the, the things of the scriptures. Another thing, like you were saying with um, the Bible reading plans, again, I, I think they can be very helpful as well. Me personally, I, I haven't, I haven't been a big fan of them myself. Um, as far as using them, they can be very useful. But I think what tends to happen a lot of times, and what I see happen from people that I've spoken to, is they get discouraged because they get behind a day or two. And if it is a ten chapter a day kind of reading plan you miss a day or two, you're 20 chapters behind and it just feels like it's this mountain you've got to climb. And so then instead of like just saying, hey, I'm going to read this to the, for the joy of the Lord and to, to grow in my understanding of scripture, um, you feel like I can't catch up. So I just give up. And then a lot of people end up not making it through their reading plans. Yeah. That or they get stuck in Leviticus. Yeah. You know, those are your kind of your two options. On people that get stuck and just encouragement for people who do fall behind because um, it's probably most people um, if you don't know this already just pick up where you were don't try to catch up because you'll fall it's no long it's no longer a spiritual discipline kind of done for the glory of God you try to do it to um, cause you hate, maybe if it's on your phone, notifications on your phone saying you haven't read the last, you know, 45 chapters or whatever, just continue, do what it is. If it's 10 chapters a day, you can't do it. Maybe consider a different, you know, Bible plan. You don't have to start at the beginning of the year. Right. And you can change. Maybe. You're having issues just doing straight through. So maybe you choose to do, you know, this month, I'm going to try to read this book and pick one book to read in in the month. Or if it's minor profits, maybe you read two or three or something like that. I think we need to allow ourselves the flexibility to maintain it. I think that's where the legalism ends legalism starts when you say i have to do it and if i'm i get behind i need to catch up um we're giving grace because there's going to be times you can't do it now i think it's important and i fail at this a lot of times is to pick a time that you're able to do it and stick to it but there's times that it doesn't work you get behind things come up give yourself grace pick it up the next day and just keep going i know and i use an app to track my bible reading if i get behind i just tell it to start all over on the day that 
I am. So I lose all the notifications and I can still progress through and learn and to use that time as devotion and not to feel the pressure of, I got to get this all done. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, so a lot of it is choosing what's right for you. And if you don't do a plan, I mean, there's, you can read the Bible kind of any way you want to. You can randomly pick and point your finger down and read the story. I mean, that's, you know, however you want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think having a plan or at least, even if you're not using a established reading plan, having an idea of what you want to study will be most beneficial, whether it's, you know, reading a proverb a day for the entire year or something like that um, to do it in a way that is systematic and trackable and provides the support and direction needed to maintain the discipline. Mm-hmm. Don't hinder yourself by being undisciplined in your discipline, have an idea of what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and to, to maintain it and give your, and give yourself grace when you fail and change or, or just kind of continue to motor on. Yeah. And I think we, we know the scripture that tells us in Romans 12 to not be conformed to this world to be, but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I think, you know, we need to apply that this changing of our mind or this changing of our thinking when it comes to the, these disciplines. Um, because just look at here, this is my, my study Bible. Look, it's pretty thick. You know, I, I got an ESV one here that's more condensed and it's, it's pretty big. Yeah, there's a thin line. Yeah, you got a thin line. But, but if you was to look at this, if this is the, the size of the Bible you have in your home and you think, how am I going to be able to read through that? You know, don't don't look at it as a burden or that it's going to take forever, because honestly, um, I, I listen to and I, I want to talk about, you know, hearing the word of God. I listen to the audio Bible quite a bit when I'm at work. Uh, I'm out walking. Uh, I, I have the opportunity to listen to things. And, and so I'm I can listen through it and you can get through these epistles from from Romans to the end of the book. You could pretty much get through um fairly quickly you know if you was to sit down and read these uh within a week you could probably get through them right if you committed the time to it but even if you didn't you could pick up the book of galatians read the whole book of galatians or read the book of philippians or read the the book of Colossians. these epistles aren't so long that you can't get through it and it just it's just one at a time, just taking one at a time or taking in the bigger books, maybe taking a few chapters at a time uh, and then getting through them. Right. It, it doesn't have to look or seem that it's so overwhelming because this is God's word to us. Right. This is the truth from God's word. It shouldn't be a burden. That's the first thing. If, if it feels like it's overwhelming or feels like it's a burden, you need to you need to take some time to stop. Pray through it and ask God to uh, remove that kind of thinking from your yourself and, and to realize this should be a joy to us to be able to read God's word. This should be a desire for us. And if we start putting things in practice, kind of like the Pharisees did, you know, where they're putting in these checklists and things, um, it just removes the joy of the Lord that we receive from his word, from growing in this godliness. Yeah, and I think that's, important you need to pick plans that suit your lifestyle you know if you're if you're a student you might be able to get away reading 10 chapters a day and doing like a blitzkrieg through the bible and it has its benefits i'm not gonna dog on people who are reading 10 chapters a day there are benefits there but there's also benefits to go slow and steady and we need to understand these benefits and how they work out. Because as you're mentioning, so I looked it up. The ESV audio Bible is 75 hours approximately. I don't, it is what the app said. So if you think an average work week, that's like two weeks. If you listened eight hours a day, you can listen to the entire Bible in less than two weeks in, in, a, in a standard work week. Um, so it's quite doable. 
when you think about it, even I think it's like maybe five pages, maybe depends. Um, I think, you know, five pages, depending on your Bible, you can read the entire Bible. I think it comes down to about three chapters or so, three to four chapters a day. You can read the entire Bible in a year. Like mm -hmm. it's not difficult to read the entire Bible in a year um, to do it. But sometimes people need to go slower. Right. So there's plans to read the entire Bible in two years where it is slower and you get to sit and think more. I think that's the difference. Reading a big chunks of the Bible help you to f connect the major points. You can see the forest. Slowing down allows you to, to see the trees. And we need both. Mm -hmm. you, and having an understanding. But that also is we need to do more than just quick read. We need to stop and think. And I would say it's easier to do that if you're reading a chapter or two a day instead of Professor Horner method where you're reading 10 chapters a day. That's a lot to, to think through. Um, and that you know, to work through it. But I think that's where, you know, a plan that works for you and your lifestyle and what you want to do and what's your goals. What are you trying to accomplish with your Bible reading? Is it, I want to know God's word better, all the kind of the big connections, the big storyline, and to think about those things more deeply? Or is it, you know, I really want to, you know, dig into these minor prophets because I don't know them. And so I'm going to go slow and steady. Mm -hmm. Read a chapter, try to see, read it, understand it, think through it. Um, maybe at, in this times I can consult a, a commentary to help me. Might not understand some of this stuff. Like there is ways that you can do that. If you're reading 10 chapters a day, you're not going to probably most likely have opportunities to really study a single passage and go to a commentary to help you understand it. So you can meditate and think on it, which yeah. is kind of the goal of Bible reading. Yeah. The meditation is key. Um, and, and that's what we want to maybe kind of transition to here, but just this understanding of, uh, and I think it's very important, like what you said there, Mike, that it's, it's not a one or the other. It, it, you kind of need, both of these, you, you want to get a big picture of what the scriptures say so you can get the context of what's happening. But then you also want to slow down and you want to take that time to really dig into God's word. Because ultimately what we want from God's word as Christians or what we should be looking for in God's word is the application of how does that apply to my life and how is it changing me as I'm reading God's word. And if we're just quickly reading through and, and again, we need that. We need to be able to sit down and say, you just say, hey, I have this reading plan that I have. I'm going to read these three chapters a day. That's part of my reading. But then also coming back and saying, but I'm also going to take time throughout the day or I'm going to make some time where I can sit down and study some of those three chapters that I read. You know, like I'm reading them. I'm getting through that 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 overall uh, um, overview of this three chapters that I just read. But now I want to come back and and look at this again. Maybe there was some things in there that stood out to me. Maybe there was some things in there that I didn't understand the words or what was what it was saying. I can go back now and look at those a little more deeper. And as you said, maybe pull a commentary or a dictionary or some software that I can kind of use to help me understand it better. So that then I, I really grasp it. Because then when we're grasping God's word and God's word is changing us, you know, and we're, we're then applying what we're, we're hearing from God's word. Um, that's the goal of our, you know, disciplining ourselves for godliness through the reading of God's mm -hmm. word. Because if it's not changing, because if, if without the Holy Spirit, you, you could read the Bible and you're going to get nothing. But as Christians, we should expect that God's going to do something with that word. How many times, Mike, have you or others that you know have given you uh, was telling you about times where they were reading God's word 
they were in their own personal study. They was reading through it. They was kind of meditating on it. And then they went to church that day or that week. And the pastor was bringing up stuff that they were kind of meditating on or, or, or thinking through or reading. And they're like, wow, like this is connecting now because the spirit is bringing that to your remembrance of this is what I was studying or this is what I was working through. Or maybe there was a part in it that you didn't fully understand and you was trying to grasp it and the pastor's preaching and then you're like, he's explaining that and you're like, wow, Lord, that's I was trying to figure that out. Or even in conversations with somebody on the streets, you was meditated on scripture and then you're having a conversation with somebody and God brings it to, to remembrance and it really applies and fits to that conversation that you're having. Yeah, I mean, I've had it where I've taught Sunday school and the pastor pretty much picked up my lesson and continued it and not planned. Yeah. Like his preaching schedule is not dictated by the Sunday school schedule. And, um, you know, yeah. And that's, um, it's a good one when the pastor doesn't contradict you if you're in that yeah. case. Um, <laughs> But just, you know, there is and how, you know, God moves. God's prompting us to think about something deeper. I don't think mm -hmm. it's just merely me as a as a physical cognitive being. It's like, oh, this sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. I do think there this spirit moves and works in mysterious ways and and some of those ways are promptings and look, I need to study this better. Why to, to take those promptings seriously and to think about what um, you're doing and to ask questions. I know one, uh, one thing I like to do, and I even do this uh, at times prepping, whether I'm teaching Sunday school or even, um, different things here on the podcast is reading a text and say, you know, what does this say about who God is or how is this person's an example like Christ? How is he not an example like Christ? Um, you know, in my preaching class, we learned about the fallen condition of man and to find that in the passage you're preaching on, you know, so looking, well, what does this say about me? me as a sinner yeah you know and to to even these simple questions to probe deeper and to to think about you know the sin in my own life how does this passage reflect and to know that jeremiah 29 11 is promise for me in, a, in a way that is not like the Israelites right. that he does have plans for me, plans for prosper, which kind of is what Romans 10, eight gets at a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, all things work together for the good of those yeah. who are called. And to, to think that God has placed me in this life. He has given me new life in himself. He's not going to desert me is am i going to become rich probably not but i'm rich in christ mm -hmm. i'm going to receive spiritual blessings and to to think about okay what are these promises given and how can i hold on to them because god promised to send a savior and he did and he even when it looked like he wasn't going to do it so when we think about the world and its history. I mean, you have a period in which God did not speak for 500 years between Malachi and the events reported in the gospels of Matthew and Luke 500 years. God did not speak. And then he sent his son as the promise of all the old Testament. And so to think about, you know, how is this even God's relenting judgment and in, in Jonah? Like to think about what does that say about 
God. When he said he's going to destroy this nation, they repent and withhold. What does it say about me when I have the same mentality as Jonah does, Mm -hmm. who grumbles at God's grace to other people? And to take some of those questions, what does it say about God? What does this say about the Savior, the Christ? How does this exemplify? I think just to to have to think about those things gears our hearts and moves from the studying of the passage into the deeper things of God, and where the Spirit moves from the cognitive logic to the heart and the affections and to grow us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And to say this, you know, um, because it it needs to be said, uh, I shared a a screenshot from the book here, uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Don Whitney. Um, But there's a revised version. Yeah, I know. This is the older one. Um, (laughs) But there's a quote in here from R.C. Sproul. And, and we have to acknowledge this in our lives because how often would we take the time to read, I mean, not to read, but to, to watch television, right? You sit down and watch a, a television program or your favorite TV show, and what is it? Maybe, maybe it's a 30-minute show or an hour-long show. That's 30 minutes or an hour. You're not getting back. Not that it's wrong to, to watch something. It's not what I'm saying. But we take the time to do that, or we go and watch. Uh, I mean, we watched um, the the Wonder Woman movie um, over the the Christmas holiday there, uh, um, and it was like a two hour and something movie, right? You're not going to get those times back. So we can put time and invest time into so many things, but why is it hard for us to invest time into? these disciplines in the Christian life of, of reading the scripture, of meditating on the scripture, of, of journaling, which is, it's, it's a whole spiritual discipline of its own, but we can kind of tie it into this one for tonight because we're not going to do a, 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 a single show on that one. Um, but Sproul says here, and this was quoted by Whitney in his book by Sproul, he says, here then is the real problem of our negligence. We fail in our duty to study God's word, not so much because it is difficult to understand, not so much because it is dull and boring, but because it is work. Our problem is not a lack of intelligence or a lack of passion. Our problem is that we are lazy, right? And so we have to acknowledge that. If, if we're, we have to, as Christians, acknowledge the times when we are failing to do something and we have to look at what could be the motivation of the reasons behind it. Is there sin in my life that's that's disconnecting me from wanting to connect with God? Because we all know that when we are, when we have given in to sin or given in to those temptations, what do we feel like? We don't feel close to God, and so we don't want to then go to prayer or go to the Word of God because we act as if somehow God's displeased with us because we have given in to that temptation. And so, rather than confessing it and just getting it done and over with, bringing it before the Lord and being cleansed of all that unrighteousness. Um, we pull away a bit. So that could be a reason why you don't feel this connection where you want to get into the scripture. And it could be, as Sproul's saying here, just plain laziness. It's not that we can't understand scripture because there's so many, like we said, you can slow down. You can, there, you have the preaching of the word at, at church. You have these commentaries and, and access to so many things that can help you understand what's being said. And to not take advantage of those things is lazy. Yeah, and to know, I just have to take I think you froze up there, Mike. Sorry. What I'm saying is, like, hopefully... You don't have to go to commentaries. Commentaries are not necessary. They're helpful. Yeah. But so we can ask simple questions like, how is this, as I mentioned, how does this um, help me understand God better, understand the gospel? Um, 
how does this change my mind about something? How, what attitudes do I need to change? What action do I need to do? Um, Dr. Whitney on his site, biblicalspirituality.org, offers some good helps. You kind of have to search a little bit on some stuff. But he has this thing called Philippians 4.8 questions. So Philippians 4.8 um, says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so he has, you can find a download and he has questions. So you read a passage or what is true about this or what truth does it exemplify? What is honorable about this story? What is right about this? Um, what is excellent about these things? What is praiseworthy? So even using Philippians 4, 8 as a, a thought, and you don't have to go through all eight questions he has, if you choose that way. Think about a couple of them. Change them up. Whatever feels maybe appropriate for the time. Here are you using what God tells us to do, to think about things that are true and honorable, right and pure, and commendable and others to now think about his word in those ways and to think about now my life in that am i doing am i believing of what is true am i doing what is true and to do it so even simple questions can probe deep mm-hmm. with it and so even if you're doing 10 chapters a day, you can pick a story and think more deeply on it or pick a section of a letter and dwell more on it to change your mindset, to renew your mind, to make your life more agreeable to what God desires his people to look like. Yeah. And and as we come closer to the end of the show here we only have so much time left in the program but part of the the bible intake is scripture memorization you know um and and that again it doesn't have to be as difficult as we make it out to be you know one one of the things me and my wife have talked about and i think we we kind of talked about this mike uh, maybe off air in the past but um i grew up in an independent fundamentalist baptist church and one of the things that i feel at times our children are missing out on, even though the theo- theologically we, we would disagree with, you know, much of that teaching that we was receiving back then. Um, there was an emphasis on the young Sunday schools where they would learn a verse and have to come back the next week and say that, that mem- you know, the memorization of that verse, um, okay. where even it doesn't have to be in church, but we as parents have this responsibility with our children. We can take that upon ourselves to kind of teach them as well. But we can teach our kids to memorize a little short verse, but what about us and memorizing Scripture? Because when you think about Christ, you think He is the Word of God. He is um, the very Word. The, the Scriptures are inspired by God. But yet, we also know that Christ came in His humanity, the Incarnation, which we just celebrated here. He came in His, in, in his uh, in humanity, and He was learning things as He, he, he was going in life. He was going into the synagogues on Saturday, listening to the word being uh, read in the synagogue. And so when Satan comes to tempt him, it's this words that he was, I mean, he is the word, but in, he, he's learning these things as well. And he's utilizing the scripture because these are things that he's got in his memory. These are things that he has that he can then utilize against those temptations. And so we need to memorize God's word and, and take the time to do it. And it, it can be difficult, but we shouldn't look at it again as it's something that we cannot do. Sometimes I think we we think too low of ourselves or too high of ourselves, right? Rather than thinking of ourselves rightly. And we think, well, I'm not smart enough to memorize things. But what we memorize a lot of things, if you think about it. We're in this age of, of technology where there's so many things at our, our fingertips, so many things that we know because we've read something or we've... Uh, looked upon something, and we remember it. Why can't we take a scripture and memorize it? 
I remember there was a guy, um, one of the, the sister churches of this independent church that I used to go to uh, long ago, he had the whole book of Revelation memorized. And he would go around from church to church and he would just, um, what's the word, um, proclaim it or he would, he would uh, recite, recite it. it. Yeah, thank you. He would recite it and, it was, and he would do it in such a way where it was with emphasis on words and it was, it was exciting. I remember going to see, um, uh, the, I can't think of the guy's name, but he plays C.S. Lewis in these plays. And he had a whole bunch of scripture memorized, and he did this memorization, all from memory, from up on stage. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm like, it's very impressive. You think about, as I was saying, Christ would go to the synagogue. The Jews would go into the synagogue. They didn't have a, a Bible of their own. They didn't have the scriptures of their own. You know, the whole old Tanakh, the, the Old Testament. They would hear it read to them, and they would learn it and memorize it. And we should yeah. do we should do likewise. We should at least desire to to memorize scripture. I mean, you have the the admiration in Psalm one nineteen, I think verse eleven. I hide my word in my heart so I don't sin against you. Right. You mentioned Jesus, Jesus, who is the Word, who could have commanded Satan to leave him alone, uses the Old Testament to per to answer the temptations of satan he doesn't use his a new word he used what has been given and again example for us and and the importance of memorizing scripture i mean i would say right now my my one of my biggest faults is memorizing my own scripture now in our family devotions at this time it's mem- mostly helping the kids memorize scripture verses right now we just started with my daughter um psalm 143 verse 3 and we've only got to great is the lord um so i've been memorizing scripture in the new king james through through the system we're doing but i can do more and i know that and and so there's Again, it's kind of the R.C. Sproul um, quote. It takes work. Yeah. And to memorize it accurately and correctly, especially if you've changed translations over the years, mm-hmm. um, that it can be hard to memorize scripture and you get it mixed up because you may have memorized it in two or three different translations. And... There's value. There's even value in systematically memorizing an entire book mm. or an entire chapter. Um, in that, when you find downtime, you can think about the scripture you've memorized. You can consider if you've memorized Philippians one to to look through and to think about it, or Philippians two, or or whatever passage you want to think of um it aids into recycle your meditations to to reconsider maybe something something you've learned in light of the scripture you've memorized in some other place and to to connect maybe some strings that you have never saw before um and, and to think about it. And so there's there's value in taking the time to learn, to memorize um, Scripture. And I think it's also value and would help in memorizing is, and this is my wife has been doing a lot of, is posting Scripture around the house. Mm-hmm. We have little um, sticky notes all over our house in common places that have Scripture written on them. And so I go through a door. There it is, mm-hmm. and and to to think through it again. Another way to help more subtly memorize these, um, memorize the scripture and keep it in front of me to think about the things that God has called us to think about. Yeah, well, that's why I said in the beginning, like preparing for this, reading in the book, and then even listening to some of the the sermons by by Whitney. 
uh, online. Uh, it's been convicting because I know that that's an area where I'm weak in. Like you get certain scriptures in your mind that you know you utilize a lot. And then I've even noticed where there's scriptures that I've, I've memorized or I know, but then when I haven't used them often, it's like, ah, I can't recall it. Like I got a few words, but I can't recall. Um, yeah. But yet it's still there because, you know, the spirit can bring that to remembrance. But I mean, like it's convicting in a sense where you're, you're well, not in a sense, it's convicting because you're, you're like, man, I could do more. I am. As, as we said with, with Sproul's being lazy in that I can sit down and, 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 and I, I mean, we don't, we don't, I think put as much emphasis on our scripture reading on our scripture memorization as we could as Christians. And you think about, um, cause this was something I was, I was actually just talking to a pastor this uh, weekend. Uh, we went and visited a friend, uh, friend's church <clears throat> and, uh, we were talking about this, how the Puritans, they didn't have the many distractions that they had around us. Um, and then when I was listening to some of the Whitney's sermons on this, he mentioned how even though they they didn't have those kind of distractions, these Puritans, we live in an, er- an age where we have so much information around us, it would be hard to remove ourselves from that. Or even if we even if we put ourselves in a place that didn't have it, we've already taken mm-hmm. in so much stuff. Where they didn't have that, <clears throat> where when they could sit down, they could really focus upon what they were trying to study and to, to dig into, you know? Yeah, that's why um, in a preaching class, we read a book um, called, I think it's Do More. It's by Cal Newport, not a Christian, PhD in like computer science. Um, and we had to read this book for the fact that he gives you a game plan to be able to study better, to study deeper, to spend more energy on the thing you're doing and to cut out the noise Mm. around us. And one of his things, and I'm still, I mean, it's probably something I should do with it, but is that he's like, just get off social media. You know, turn all notifications on your phone off. And like these, which seem wild. Mm-hmm. And, and just in my own life. Um, but kind of his idea and kind of with the Puritans, kind of maybe what was more natural, though they had their own types of distractions. Right. Um was that you need to get rid of that to focus Mm -hmm. and you know how often am i distracted by other things and waste other time that i can do spend time in scripture reading and i'm not one to say that as some have said you know no bible no breakfast mentality i don't think that's correct I think you should be um, intentional with your time. I think it goes, we should all be intentional with all of our time, but be intentional with your time that during this time, this is what I'm going to go do it. I'm going to focus on this task and give it the energy it requires. And, you know, to think through that, because then I can, okay, map out. This is what, what, my devotional time is like you got to pray because it's always good to pray to start out asking God's help, reading his word, maybe memorizing, thinking about the things or reading and, and thinking and then work on a, my, the memory verse. If I want to journal, you know, you can journal that time and then pray and, you know, having, this is how I'm going to do my devotional time. And this is the allotted time I give it, which is something I do not do well at all. My wife would tell you that that is a big pitfall in my own devotional life. But to to think about having the plan and going through it, and, and Dr. Whitney's very much about that. 
like you need a plan. You need something to do it because that's what makes it easier. If you're going to, you'll hear, you, you know, you hear if you plan to pray, you'll do it. But if you don't, you'll fail to pray. And the mentality is same with Bible reading and scripture memorization. You have to take the time to do it, to set mm -hmm. the time aside, to put your phone someplace else to focus. I would even advocate, if possible, don't use your phone for devotions. You know, maybe use your computer, but don't have notifications turned off. Or if you can, um, I know like with some internet browsers, you can have like a, um, set up a timer on it where it won't allow you to search. So you can kind of focus study time, you know, something like that to do it, but you have to be intentional yeah. um, with it. It just can't be, well, I'll do it when I find time because you'll never find time. There's always more things grabbing your attention for your time. So you have to be with it. Well, I think you said it earlier when you said you have to discipline yourself to spiritually to, to work through these disciplines. Yeah. And, and if we don't do that, then we just continue to find ourselves in a rut where we're like, I really did want to set up a time, mark out a time where I could sit down and read God's word, where I could sit down and, and study it, where I could meditate upon it, journal on it, whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish, uh, set down prayer time, um, which we'll get into prayer when we talk about that discipline. But And then you don't do it, and then you just continue to fall in this rut. You have to discipline yourselves, that we have to discipline ourselves to uh, to follow through with these things, to build these things. I mean, I think when I was in the military, and I, I think even outside of the military, people say this, you, you do something for 21 days or more, I think it was, I don't, I don't remember exactly, it becomes a habit, right? Hogwash. Yeah, hogwash. But I mean, but if you're doing something consistently, you start to build a pattern. Now, the mm -hmm. one thing you always want to be, to guard yourself from is just getting into, well, this is my time and I just, I have to do this here. Again, like we were saying, you should enjoy the getting into God's word. This should be something enjoyable, something that you're, because you're coming to commune with God when you're reading and studying his word. He's speaking to us through his word. So this shouldn't be something that, that burdens us or we, we just feel like, oh, I got to do my Bible reading. I got to get this in. You know, it should be something that we're enjoying. And if it's not, then, then maybe there's something going on there and you, we should, that person, if that's how you're feeling, should probably go and sit down and talk with your pastor about that, you know, and maybe figure out maybe why that's, that's like that. But um, it shouldn't be a burden. It should be something we desire to do as Christians. I mean, I don't know any Christians who would say they read their Bible enough and they don't desire to do it more, right? Uh, same with prayer. So what we have to do as Christians or what we should be seeking to do is discipline ourselves to do these things, to, to, to build these spiritual disciplines up in our lives so that we can then grow in what? Godliness. Yeah. And there's going to be times that it's going to be hard and it's going to be feel disconnected. And my encouragement to you, and this is what I do, is if I don't really want to do it, and I just don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it. I spend more time in prayer. And I ask God based on the promises he's given in Psalms, in other places, that his word were that he would send his spirit to afflict my heart, mm. to to find the devotion. To, to do it. And even cold obedience, in a sense, is valuable. You're still reading the word. You're still mm -hmm. getting it. So it's not of no value. Um, and so there, there's a good to continue to do it, even when you desire not to. But maybe you don't read as much. You spend more time in prayer. You, you consider more your heart's disposition um to it i think when we start then relying on the spirit 
just thinking about, you know, your word is light. It is life-giving. My heart is cold. Help. You know, just the the pleas for God to come into the situation and to reform and change your thoughts and your thinking through his spirit, through through the reading of his word and to to think about these things is will be helpful the the long toil where will bear fruit the words the lord's words do not return void they do what they accomplish and you can pray to god that you will in this hard time it's because of lack of faith help my unbelief help me to grow in faith to to enjoy these times to see the privilege there's ways we can pray to help stir that up for god's help to make it through these cold spells or even make it through leviticus mm-hmm And so, Christian, if you're listening to this program, we want this to be an encouragement to you, but we also want to challenge you. We want to challenge you to don't just, because as much as we agree and affirm and have proclaimed even in this show, it's very important to go and sit under the preaching of God's Word from a good Bible-believing church pastor who's faithfully digging into God's Word so that he can proclaim it to you and speak to your soul, right? But don't let that be the only time you're opening your Bible when you go on Sunday morning and you're opening it to the passage that's being preached upon or the scripture that's being read that day. Open your Bibles. We should do it daily. Uh, you know, the, the, the tells us in Deuteronomy, you know, to, to, to write these things. Is it Deuteronomy? Write these things on, on your doorposts when you're going in and out. Deuteronomy 6. Yeah. And so, I mean, we should be intentional right we should be seeking to to discipline ourselves in our bible intake and uh so let this be encouraging to you and challenging to you uh if you have any questions I mean, there are so many bible plan reading plans that you can find uh best thing to do is sit down with your pastor ask them what what most of them are probably giving bible reading plans out at the beginning of the year but uh-huh. sit down and talk to them. Maybe say, hey, here's my schedule. Here's what I, I don't know if I could do something long. They may, they're going to, their job, their desire is to shepherd your soul as the under shepherd. And so they're going to want to help you. And we shouldn't be afraid to go and say, hey, I, here's my schedule. Here's what, what my day looks like. I, I want to get into something here that I can be consistent with and that I can be intentional about. Um, but sit down and talk with your pastor, have them give you some advice, give you some some encouragement, and and they'll they'll know then even to pray for you in that. Um, so um, we really have no excuses as to why we shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and when we're not doing it, we need to to come to the Lord and and uh, pray and and ask God, as you were saying, to to deal with that that inner man as to why we're we're not seeking and desire to do these. Mike, why don't you go ahead and close us out, man? Yeah. So as Ricky said, hopefully this is not a burden, but that this frees you from burden. That whatever you plan to choose, whatever you can do, you're not set in stone, have to do it. The goal and the point of Bible reading is to get into God's word, to meditate on it, to memorize it, and to grow in godliness, to keep watch over yourself, that you may save yourself and others, as First Timothy four sixteen would say. And so, find the grace in it. Think about how God has lavished this opportunity for you to study His Word on your own. Something that millions of Christians throughout all of time, haven't had. The object is to to read and to study. If you get behind, keep going. Don't try to catch up. And 
you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. But keep doing it. Because in doing it, God is working on your heart. And within your community of believers, you guys can grow with the hearing of the word together as you spurge one another onto love and good works. And hopefully this episode will allow 2021 to help you grow deeper in your own reading and um, in your own walk with God. And so welcome to 2021. May have your best life now in the Lord Jesus Christ.